what we closed out uh, the year teaching and preaching. Uh, today we go into the weapons of our warfare that is a part of, of uh, the plan of salvation. If you will stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. <clears throat> For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We ask that you would open our eyes that we could see and our ears that we could hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God says to us. Then that we would apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Father, we sanctify ourselves, surrender ourselves, and yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. May you speak out of the Godhead to the Holy Spirit. May we be in position to hear. May we be in position to share the Scripture of truth, the Word of truth that flows from where you sit, directed to instruct us to know how to live and know how to walk in this day. We will give you glory and honor and praise for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen and amen. Now, the question <coughs> as we begin 2023 is do we ever really truly realize how deeply or not so deeply we're involved in spiritual warfare. Most of us do not because we spend so little time executing spiritual growth and development. We spend little time in prayer, in the Word, looking into truth, listening, learning to listen to the Holy Spirit, learning to hear from what God is trying to say to us, not only <laughs> to encourage us, but to be able to allow us to find a path and a journey and a track through this life so that we can successfully navigate the craziness of our world. We live in a crazy world. Just go drive your car. You're going to find out how crazy it is. We live in a crazy world. We live in a world where people are willing to exalt themselves at your expense. What a sad thing. The idea of putting others before yourself. The idea of making sure that someone else is taken care of before you. The other day I came off the interstate. And as I came off the interstate there at Peters Creek, you've probably never been there. It's a three-lane exit. One comes around and under like this. The other comes directly off of 40. So there I was, coming off, going to McDonald's, bless God, get myself, my wife, my dog something. You know I got to go. I don't go to my, for myself. I go for Sharon and the dog. I get the fries for the dog, the drink for Sharon, and I throw a drink in for myself, you know. So I'm on a mission. The problem is there's one turn lane going to the right. There was a line of cars coming off of 40. So I did what every self-respecting individual does. I pulled over into the middle lane. I pulled up beside and looked. What would you suppose they did? Well, most of the time, they'll look over at you like this and say, right there. They looked away. I pulled up beside the next one. 
What do you suppose they looked away? I went from the place I could get on all the way to the stoplight, and not one person, not one person was willing to let me over into that lane. I had to do an illegal right-hand turn to just simply go to McDonald's. Why? Because everybody was more interested in serving them. I was going to keep them from making that right. What a sad scenario we live in. What a sad world we live in. Whenever my, me, and mine is the first emphasis of everything. I remember going one time to a Christmas party where there was a <coughs> everything you could imagine strewn out around the floor. This little fella got up and he began to unload boxes, boxes. He, he, had, he had enough to fill up a garbage can. But he didn't get what he wanted. It's all about him. He probably had 50 or 75 gifts and he looked at those given and said, don't get me anything next year if you can't get me what I want. What a sad world we live in. We live in a world that is steeped with self. Now in this world, we're going to have to learn how to navigate. <laughs> we're going to have to learn how to use the weapons of our warfare so that we can become the children of light in a world full of darkness. We live in a world of darkness. We live in a world that makes themselves their own gods. As I've described, they're me first people. Everything is about them. And they don't want what we have because they see what we have as a weakness and a liability. Why? Because we love someone else before we love ourselves. That's a weakness and a liability in this world. It has always been looked at as the, that guy who is weak because you could care about someone else before you could care about yourself. Most of us, however, are Christians and our Christian life has become weak and ineffective because we do not understand the process of spiritual warfare. Our concept of God is let God do it. That's our concept. Let God do it. God will do it. Just, just put your faith in God. God will take care of everything, my friend. God made a way for you to have what it is that He needs you to have and that you need to have. And that way is not going to come for you because God dangles it out of heaven and you reach up like picking an apple off a tree and say, oh, there it is, I'll take it. God has made a way for you to navigate this life and navigate it successfully, and I'm going to show it to you today. Now, we think that we are going to navigate this life doing some things <coughs> that are very topical and expect that what we do will bring about all of the blessings of God. We've got people today that don't want to come to church. Why? Because they believe, they believe, that they could stay at home and be as close to God as they can anywhere. Well, that just doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. Why, Pastor? Because when God went into the tabernacle in the wilderness, they still had to go where God was in order to get to where He is and to be ministered to by Him. Someone said you can find God anywhere. There's no question. God is everywhere. But God is found in His tabernacle ministering to His people on the day of worship, and that is the acceptable day of the Lord. This is the place for God's people. 
This is the place for us to join together. This is the place for us to learn to navigate a world. This is the place where God touches us. Someone said, Pastor, are you telling us God won't touch us anywhere else? No, but I am telling you, he will definitely meet with his people in the tabernacle of God because that's where he said he would be. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. That's where he is. That's where he's moving. That's where he's teaching. That's where he's training. That's where he is located. That's where God is, is where his people have come together in one mind and in one accord to seek his spirit. Oh, but we don't want to do that today. We believe who told us that. God is everywhere. Well, He is. But there is a place, there is a time, there is a location for the worship of God. And if you're going to successfully navigate a world that is steeped in everything but God, then you better learn how to operate in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare should be a major part of your life. We engage in war. Now watch what I'm about to say here. It should be a major part of your life, but it probably is not. We float through this world, and we think that because we are not encountering any major sin obstacles, because we are not going through any major problems, because we seem to be relatively healthy, because <coughs> we have no direct persecution, we think that we have the world in a paper sack and that everything is okay. The, the truth of the matter is that we have nothing of substance that the devil wants. We have nothing of substance that the devil is after. So therefore, we can be Christians and just float along. Come to church when it's convenient. Pray when it's convenient. Read the Word of God when it's convenient. And most times, it ain't. We do not interact with very much spiritual warfare unless you're a preacher. Then you interact with everybody's spiritual warfare. You interact with everybody's issues. You're called to pray about things for everybody. And you become the magic bullet, if you will, for the spiritual navigation of those of which you pastor and those of which you preach to. No matter where they're hearing you, you become the one who stands in the gap in the spiritual warfare. While the people go about their life. Think about what I'm saying to you. We become, as people, the unessential battle. Because we don't understand what spiritual warfare is. Let me tell you why we don't. We think that because we have been saved... We are in a total position of security. We rest in a total sense that everything is okay with me. Now in 2023, I'm going to tell you a little secret. <coughs> everything is not okay with you. Everything is not on par with you. Everything is not on track with you. Why would you say that, Pastor? Because you're having no spiritual warfare. You're having nothing that you are having to dig out, no spiritual development that you are having to overcome the attack of the enemy about. You're having nothing in you that is saying that there is anything about you that the devil would like to drag out of you because as he drags it out of you, he will knock you down and he will step on you and he will put you back in your spiritual place. 
You have no mind battles. Everything is a-okay. I've got my job. I've got my house. I've got my money. I've got my wife. I've got everything I need. We have no spiritual battles. We believe that because we are saved, that everything has just come up peaches and cream. Being saved, of course, is an internal connection. Think about that. You have been saved internally. He has birthed the work of the Holy Spirit in you to save you. He was dispatched for that purpose. But why then would we ever struggle with sin? Satan and your salvation, your being saved internally, he's no longer attacking you there, friend. He, doesn't, he can't attack you there. He cannot attack you in what God has done through Jesus Christ in your new birth. Can't go there. So what does he do? He begins to attack your mind, and it is in your mind where your spiritual warfare must unfold. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Now this chapter is going to show you something about spiritual warfare that you never knew. Most people think that praise is the genesis of spiritual warfare. Praise is a part of it. But I want to tell you something. If praise does not enter into the spirit realm, then praise is nothing more than a carnal activity. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm saying words that are carnal. I'm saying words that are coming out of me that are, are generated from my carnal understanding of God. When praise goes into the spirit world where your tongue changes, where your abilities change, where you begin to operate in casting down devils, speaking in new tongues, where you begin to take the things that are attacking you and put them into their perspective, where nothing in you or outside you hurts you, and where when you lay hands on the sick they recover, my friend, then praise has passed over into a brand new realm, but we don't go there. What about Bible reading, Pastor? Isn't that important? Didn't Jesus use the Word of God to put the devil to flight? Oh, He did, didn't He? Well, that's absolutely what He did, didn't He? Now I want to ask you a question. Do you think that Jesus just randomly pulled out the Word of God to know how to attack the devil? How to defend himself against? Do you think he did? Do you think that just because he woke up that morning and happened to be reading the Word of God, when the devil came along and began to attack him, that he happened by chance to pull out a scripture? Do what we call Bible dipping. You know where we open the Bible and point our finger and make that our verse of the day? Do you think that's what he did? Well, I want to tell you what he did. Jesus lived his life in a spiritual communication with his Father so that everything that he heard, he heard from him. Are you hearing from him? Do you hear from him when you read the Word of God? Or is it just like you picked up a book like my book and begin to read it and it had no significance to you? I heard about a man who is in uh, a general in the army who reads the Bible through two or three times a year. His book tells us that he understands nothing about the Word of God. He understands nothing about the truth of God's Word. Why? Because he's reading a book. He is not hearing from God. We want to say we can read the Word of God and use it as Jesus used it. You will never use the Word of God in that vein until it becomes alive on the inside of you and God Himself speaking through Jesus Christ is giving you the words to say at the moment you require them. The Word of God is a powerful tool. But it is only a powerful tool when it is defined, described, and released by the power of the sword of the Spirit. You can't just read the Word of God and navigate in spiritual warfare. Can't do it. you got to go deeper. You can't just praise 
and navigating spiritual war. You will not do it anymore in 23 than you did it in 22 or any of the other years that you've lived. The Word of God, praise. Well, what about prayer, Pastor? Let's talk about prayer. How about that? We know that Jesus taught prayer in Matthew chapter 6. We know that He taught prayer in John 14. But there was something about His prayer. Just like there was something about the way He used the Word of God. There was something about it that was different. What was it, Pastor? He used the Word of God out of what He saw and heard the Father say. The Word of God came from the mouth of men who spoke as the Holy Ghost told them this. Who was speaking, Pastor? Who was talking, Pastor? Well, it happened to be Jesus Christ. Himself speaking the Word of God once the book of Acts hit. Before that, it was the Father speaking to Jesus and Jesus verbalizing what the Father said. These things don't just happen because we determine that we're going to take the Word and say, okay, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to put it to use. I'm going to read it, then I'm, that's like saying to me, Mike, I got a cabinet out in the garage. It's in a box. Why don't you, you got four degrees, Go out there and build that cabinet. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I might go out there and give it a try. When I get done, it might even look like it's standing. But when you look back in the box, there's going to be all kinds of parts left. Going to be all kinds of nuts and bolts left. Why? Because I didn't think they needed to be there. It didn't matter what the direction said because Mikey Mike was not going to go deep enough into the directions to make it work. He was going to build a cabinet. So therefore, at my house, I don't build nothing. I haven't tried to build anything because I'm not going to follow the directions. I'm going to simply put it together to match my eye, and when I walk away from it, if it's standing, I say, good job, and off I go. That's how we treat the Word of God. We're not going to go into it deep enough to hear what the Word of God says, to hear Jesus speak out of heaven. We're not going to go into it deep enough to make the Word of God come alive in us until it becomes a light that lights our path, until it becomes a light that lights our journey. We're not going to do that. Our spiritual warfare is going to suffer at every moment of every day when we fail to do so. When we fail to pray on the Word of God and not on our needs. When we fail to praise on the Word of God and not on my wants. Uh-huh. But we've been connected by the new birth. And the devil is coming to attack us. I want to go back here if I can to uh, where I thought I needed to be. I'm having trouble with the clicker. Put on the whole armor of God. Now here's where the trouble comes. Here's where the trouble comes. Look at this scripture. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now what are the wiles of the devil? What are they? Where do they come from? What do they do? Remember I told you that you have been born again in the Spirit? And the devil does not have the avenue to go there and attack you. You've been born again in the Spirit of God. But he does have the avenue to come into your mind. He comes into your mind. Let me tell you what he's doing with the church right now. He's making the church docile. He's making the church fall under the deceit of peace and prosperity. He's making the church fall under the lie, the destructive lie, that you're okay because you're not fighting any battles. You're all right because you're not living in any trouble. 
Oh, as long as I have no trouble, I'm in good spiritual form. Is that true? Are you in good spiritual form? Because you have no trouble? Are you feeling good spiritually? Well, let me tell you where you look to find out. Are you in good spiritual form because you have been a prayer warrior? Are you in good spiritual form because you understand the Word of God and it brings lightning, lightning into your life? Are you in good spiritual form because when you come to praise God, you get out of yourself and get into the spirit world and let the spirit world bless you and let the spirit world move you and let the spirit world encourage you? Or are you stuck in the carnal? For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. Well, where is the carnal, Pastor Mike? It's in what you can see, what you can say out of yourself, what you can touch. It's in the things that you, you, you can do. But those are not the weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're not that weapon. They are the carnal thing. What is the carnal thing, Pastor Mike? They are the things that are common to man. They are the things that attack you that are common to man. They are the deceit. They are the deception. They are the idea of peace and prosperity. They are the idea that I'm okay and you're okay. They're the idea that I can stay in at the house and be on television and watch on Facebook and I can listen on the radio and I can see some big TV preacher preach the Word of God and I'm okay. I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. You're right. Your comfortability is as well the comfortability of the enemy. What kind of comfort are you seeking? Because you have come into the inroads, the attacks of the devil against your mind. And your mind is saying, your mind is responding. Your mind is either being prepared for battle It is either being taught to war or it is being taught to be deceived. One of the truth. The devil is working in your mind. Two places that he's going to attack you. Now what I'm about to say is going to shock you. We know that he's attacking in your mind. But he is attacking your flesh. The flesh is the place that still has connection to the fall. Your flesh is the place that still has connection to the fall. Pastor, now what we saved, how can my flesh have connection to the fall? Let me ask you a question. Does your spirit man get sick? Does your spirit man get disease? Huh? Huh? Does your spirit man come through persecution and trouble? Does your spirit man have the same issues that the people in the fall had? Where they struggle with sin and the sin nature? Where they struggled with having faith and holding forth faith in God? No, your spirit man has none of that. Why? Because it has no attachment to the fall. Your inner man doesn't have any attachment. If you've been born again, your inner man doesn't have any attachment to the fall. It's your flesh that has attachment to the fall. It's the flesh that the devil is attacking you. It's the flesh that you must learn. Now watch. How to use the weapons of your warfare so your flesh can come out from under the fall. It is from there, if you can understand how to get your flesh, what was carnal, under what is mighty. That's what you need to know. But we're underdeveloped in our relationship to God. Now look at verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6. 
Now, do you see the scripture there? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But it is flesh and blood of which we come under the fall. Why would we not wrestle against flesh and blood? If flesh and blood is our attachment to the fall, why ain't we fighting in it? That's a good question, isn't it? But we are wrestling against. We are wrestling against something. We're wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Where is it attacking? Now we're going to see what Paul says here. Pay close attention. We're not encountering flesh and blood. We're encountering a direct demonic attack against us to the influence of the way we think. Our spirit being the candle of the Lord, but our mind and our flesh has become the inroad of evil. Now, how do we use our warfare to overcome the direct attacks of the devil against our mind and against our flesh? How do we do it? Paul told us. These are those who would, there are those who would want us to believe that the weapons of our warfare are encompassed in such things as prayer, praise, and Bible reading. There are those who would want us to think that if we just praise, pray, and Bible read enough, we'll find all of the answers to the deliverance from the flesh. Huh. Ain't that something? Do you see that working? Not unless you get into the spirit world. Not unless you are willing to pray into the depths of Jesus' name. And not unless you are willing to take the word of God and hear directly from the throne room of God what Jesus Christ is saying about it. Praise, prayer, and Bible reading will not take you out of the surroundings of what happens to the flesh in the fall. These, now watch what I say here are avenues. They are not destinations. They are avenues. They are not destinations. What do I mean? Praise is a sacrifice according to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. It is to be given continually and directed to Him for His faithfulness and His perfection. It soothes the mind of man. But do words of praise benefit from the influence of the Spirit reap the desired Reward, if it is done outside the spirit and in the carnal, does it reap its reward? Hmm. Not unless praise passes into the spirit world. If praise does not pass into the spirit world, it becomes a tinkling symbol. Prayer is taught as a mechanism of spiritual warfare. Although it has a definite place, according to Matthew 16 and John 14, Unless it has an inner substance of the spirit of life, unless it becomes alive, prayer becomes alive in you. And unless prayer becomes a service for you. The problem with our prayer is we have been taught to pray for ourselves, Not to use prayer as a service. No, 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 no. Let me tell you why we are the priests of God. Let me tell you why we are the ministry. That he sprinkled that blood upon the vessels in the tabernacle of the Holy Four. Let me tell you why. So that you could use prayer as a service. Not prayer as a personal agenda. Not prayer as a make me rich. Not prayer as to make me wealthy. Not prayer as to give me. But prayer to serve and minister to the people of God. So we spend our day praying for ourselves. No wonder we don't have any spiritual warfare. The devil has got you exalting yourself in prayer. Huh, what? Did you hear what I said? The devil has got you exalting yourself in prayer. What do you mean exalting myself in prayer? Well, when you pray about myself, my wife, my children... Their children, my house, my car, my needs, my body, you are exalting yourself. You are spending time exalting this God, not that God. 
Mmm, pasta, pasta, pasta. You all up in it today. Well, the truth is the truth. This 2023, we got to start a new year. We don't want to become a tinkling symbol. We don't want our prayer life and our praise life and our Bible reading life to be simply something that is mundane, 15 minutes and done, so we can say, look what we did, God. Bible reading is also a common thread that's considered as being used as a means to wage spiritual warfare. Of course, we know that Jesus used it totally differently. Our scriptural understanding would be the same as Jesus if we would dedicate to hear truth. How do I know that? Why would I know that? What would make me say that you could have your spiritual understanding to be the same as Jesus if you would dedicate, communicate, commit yourself unto the Word of God? Why would I say that? I did not say it. I'm simply repeating Jesus said that he would speak to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would not speak of himself, but he would speak what I, Jesus, told him to speak. And when he did, he would guide you and lead you and reprove you and direct you and instruct you and show you things to come. This did not come from my mind. You can have the same understanding as Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's Jesus Christ who's giving the understanding. He's the one speaking. He's the one telling. He's the one instructing. He's the one giving truth. He is the one speaking out of heaven. Now, someone would say, now wait a minute, Pastor. How is and why is he doing that? Because he's the man in the Godhead bodily who has given the Word of God through the Spirit of God, shed it into the church, given it to God's people, and speaks to them through the nine gifts of the Spirit. That's how you're going to do warfare, my friend. Scripture without anointing. Anybody who teaches the Spirit of God and the Word of God without anointing revelation and this demonstration of the Spirit, is simply attempting to uplift, encourage, and enlighten. But it lacks the ability to move mountains, my friend. It lacks the ability to minister to the inner man. It lacks the ability to renew the mind. It lacks the ability to bring your body under subjection. It lacks the ability for the truth of God's Word to reside in you. Oh, yeah. No authenticity of life. No anointing. So where do we go for our weapons? What do we do about our weapons? Well, let's look. How do we locate the answers to the immediate needs that we face against the rulers of darkness in high places? What do we do? What do we do whenever it comes down to what it comes down to when the rulers of darkness in high places attack our flesh? They attack our flesh through the lust of the eye, the lust of the uh, pride of life. They attack our, our flesh through the lust of our own flesh. What do we do when the 17 works of the flesh rear their head? What do we do whenever we can't seem to control what we think, what we want? What do we do whenever we can't seem to live a life that is pleasing to God because our connection to the fall is out of control? What do we do? What do we do then? How do we bring it into control? How do we locate those answers? When we find them, we will see how praise, worship, Bible reading, and other mechanisms that we use must be brought under subjection. Did you hear what I said? Praise, Bible reading, and prayer must be brought under subjection to three distinct elements. They are mechanisms for the journey. They are not the destination. Did you hear what I said? Our in-depth weapons. We're going to find them. Paul told us what they were. We've read them for years. We've talked about them. I've got people tell me, I get up in the morning. I read a book one time. The old boy said, I get up in the morning. I get out of my bed. I put on the helmet of salvation. 
Huh. That's a nice thing to think about, ain't it? I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Glory to God. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We cannot determine in our own self that we're going to put on these things as if they are a carnal weapon or a carnal protective device. We can't do it. Now watch, Ephesians 6, we're going to see these three keys. Now watch them. Verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able... Now look at this, because there are two words here I want you to see. One of them is withstand, and the other is stand. Whatever I'm about to tell you about spiritual warfare, one of the things that you are going to see is it is an opposition. It is a, an ability to do battle. It is an ability to have the weapon so that the weapon could serve to strike and destroy. The second one is so that you can stand. So that you can stand. That means that in the middle of the day, when the attack comes, you will not turn and run. You will stand. One will be the ability to withstand, to oppose it, to bring yourself into a position where you are active in defending yourself. Well, here's the problem, friend. You can't be active in defending yourself unless the Spirit of God has resonated with the Word of God and your praise and your Bible reading so that you are prepared to do so. No preparation, there will be no withstanding. No preparation, there will be no standing. No putting on the armor of God, you will not stand in the face of the enemy and become more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. It won't happen. Withstand means to resist. There must be a mechanism that provides the oppositional power in the armor. I'm going to show it to you. Stand means to continue or to abide, to be accounted for during the interaction. These are all products of correct preparation. Stand therefore, now look at it, having your Lord's go to bat with truth. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Because there are three things you're going to see, and I won't get to them, most of them until tonight, because I'll be done in a minute or here, two here. But the first thing you're going to see is truth. The second thing you're going to see is the helmet of salvation. The third thing you're going to see is the sword of the Spirit. These three things are the weapons of your warfare that become mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now people say to me, Mike, why do you preach on the names of Jesus Christ? No one else does. So what? Who cares what someone else does? They are living in dying churches who are not getting or preaching the Word of God. Someone said, Pastor, we only have 30 people. So what? You get the truth. You get the truth. The Word of God and the names of Jesus Christ are your ability to navigate this world in the weapons of warfare that pulls down strongholds. Do you have a stronghold in your life? Do you have a stronghold in your body? Do you have a stronghold in your flesh? If you are not using the names of Jesus against it, then you are failing on purpose. Huh. What you mean, Mike? You're failing on purpose. You're not doing what it is. The Word of God is prescribed for you to do to pull down the strongholds in your life. I use the name of Jesus, the Lordship anointing of Jesus, every day this week on one thing or another. It didn't matter what it was. I had a bad feeling in my body. I took it to the Lordship anointing. I said to my body, now body, you know and I know that Jesus Christ is my Lord. But you also know one other thing. Flesh, Jesus Christ is your Lord. Stomach, you feeling kind of rocky right now, ain't you? You don't feel real good, huh? That moose you ate didn't necessarily sit good with you. 
which I might understand. I can, I, I can, I can do. I can understand that because I ain't a moose man. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to speak directly to my stomach because my stomach has a Lord. And I'm going to say to my stomach, stomach. I know Jesus is my Lord. In my spirit, man, He is my Lord. But you know that I have approved Him to be Lord over how you feel. So even though you want to disrespect, disrebel, become rebellious towards His Lordship, I ain't going to let you. Now I'm going to tell you exactly who you are. You are under the Lordship anointing of Jesus Christ. His name is my weapon of warfare that pulls down the stronghold of how I feel. Hmm. Know what I did? I rolled over and went to sleep. Simply rolled over and went to sleep. Simply said the Lordship over you is over you. He is my Lord. I approve Him being over you. Why? I can't do nothing about it in my carnal. All I can do in my carnal is hurt. All I can do in my carnal is feel upset. All I can do in my carnal is feel nauseous. All I can do in my carnal is wish, above wish, that I had not eaten that moose. But I did. Now I got, I've sanctified it even. I sanctified it whenever I started to eat it, but it rebelled. I took it. I took it to the Lordship anointing of Jesus Christ. And guess what happened? I rolled over and went to sleep. Because my flesh is under the fall. Now watch me now. My flesh is under the fall. But I have the ability in warfare through the names of Jesus Christ, to take my flesh and eliminate the process of the fall. How do I do it? I simply take His name. What, is, what did Paul say? Look at it. Look at it. Stand therefore having your loins girt with truth. Now where does that come from? Where, what do you get out of that? Well, I get it from right here. John chapter 1. I wrote a whole book about it. John chapter 1, he said, He is truth and He is grace. Who? The Word. That did what? That became flesh. The Word that came under the bondage of the flesh, of which now has become the weapon of my warfare. The Word, the name, the rhema utterance of Almighty Jesus Christ that comes out of the portals of glory and speaks directly His Lordship over whatever my need may be. Huh. Now that changes things, friend. That changes things. Because once I find His name as my weapon, there is no weapon now that can be formed against me that will prosper. Because in every attack, God will raise up a standard. What is that standard? It is the name of Jesus Christ, my high priest, my Lord, and my man in the Godhead. I can now stand and withstand the wiles of the devil because I'm standing behind the weapon of my warfare, the name of Jesus Christ. He is the conqueror, the deliverer, the preserver, the healer, the holder. He is the one and only man that is the great God of heaven. What a great God we serve. Bow your head and close your eyes. Yes, 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 yes. I'm not done, but I'm finished. Because there's three weapons you need to understand. One of those weapons is His name. One of those weapons is His name. We will operate <laughs> in correct preparation. Then we can navigate 2023 in a brand new way. We won't be navigating through the topical things that everybody's telling us to navigate. We won't be navigating through the topical things that we say, oh, we'll praise our way out of it. 
We'll pray our way out of it. We'll read the Bible and get out of it. We won't operate that way. There'll be, de- there'll, be, there'll be avenues, not destinations. They will bring us to the knowledge of the three weapons. The name of Jesus. The benefits of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit. Paul told us about them all in Ephesians chapter 6. He said that they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what strongholds you won't pull down today? What strongholds do you have in your life? <laughs> what thought process? What teaching? What training? What background tradition do you need pulled down today? I don't care what they are. And I don't care how strong they seem to be. And I sometimes get up there and wish I could come up with another way to phrase that. But I'm I'm not interested in knowing where you are. I'm interested in you knowing where God in His Word wants you to go. I'm not interested in the bondage of captivity that your past has put upon you. I'm interested in the future of the seven spirits of God that will release you into a new and acceptable year of the Lord in the power of pulling down the strongholds that come against you, in the power of healing your body, of renewing your mind, of bringing the Word of God alive in your heart. That's where I want you to go. I don't care if there's five or 5,000. The Word of God demands truth. Now, what, what stronghold do you have? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? <laughs> Are you trying to correlate and correlate the spirit world with a mind full of anxiety and depression, oppression, discouragement? Are you trying to make your spirit man go along with a mind that is troubled with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places? Are you trying to make your spirit man go along with a body that is in rebellion to what the new birth and the Spirit of God has done with you because you never understood the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and they consist of the names of Jesus Christ, the benefits of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit that will go into you and cut out of your inner self the things that are not what God would have for you to be. The Bible is clear, friend. The Bible is clear. He will go into your inner self, into your spirit and into your joints and marrow. Cut out of you what you will allow Him, the latitude to do. So what is your stronghold? What is your mental, emotional stronghold? What is keeping you? What is holding you? What is making you captive? What is giving you the lack of peace? Someone said, I'm sick. Well, bless God, there's a remedy. It's the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. There is a remedy. It's the Lordship anointing of Jesus Christ. He has produced it. Paul told us he was mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But you will have to bring every imagination and every thought that exalted itself, that says in yourself, <laughs> my body being sick, my depression, my anxiety is deeper and greater. I exalt that above the name. I exalt it above salvation. I exalt it above the sword of the Spirit. Therefore, I guess I'll have to find a way to coincide and correlate how I feel with this new birth. Uh-huh. So what is your stronghold? 
What is your stronghold? I want you to identify it right now. I want you to do two things. I want you to say, I plead the blood over the stronghold. I plead the blood in the body over the stronghold. Then I want you to say, I call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to take your stronghold, whatever it is. And I want you to speak directly to your stronghold. Lust, speak to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You bow your knee. Anxiety, depression, oppression, I speak to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are buffeting my flesh, but His grace is sufficient. The Lord Jesus Christ has spoken. I place you by the command of the Father. To be under the Lordship, anxiety, depression, discretion, indiscretion. I place it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Body, you don't feel good. I place you, heart, lungs, liver, kidney, Knee, I place you under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I approve that He is Lord over you. I approve that. Now, where are you? Where are you? Where is what is your stronghold? What is it? What imagination do you have to stop exalting above God? What imagination do you have to stop exalting above God? Now, you've identified that. Now, I've given you the information. <laughs> you determine now whether you're going to receive what has been preached to you in the first Sunday of 2023. And how you are going to release it. This is from Proverbs chapter 1. How you are going to release it. Are you going to release it from your inner man? By standing to your feet and raising your hands and saying, I release the Lordship anointing of Jesus Christ into my life. I release it into my body. I release it into all of those areas, those strongholds, those places in my life that seem to hinder me, hold me back, and hold me captive. I today release, I give you lordship over me until I walk in the absolute uh, acceptable year of the Lord in my life, in my body. In my mind, in my spirit, I release it all. I give it all to you, Lord. I come under that name. 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 That name is the name above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. Watch it now to the glory of God. Now He is your benefit of salvation. He's your deliverer. He's your safety net. He's your Lord. And He's speaking to you as man out of the Godhead today. I receive it today, God. It belongs to me. I'm not going to walk in lust anymore. I'm not going to walk in doubt and unbelief anymore. I'm not going to walk. I put it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to walk in poverty. I'm not going to walk in disgust. I'm not going to walk in anger. I'm not going to walk in anxiety, oppression, or depression, or anything else that attacks my flesh. I put it under the Lordship anointing of Jesus Christ, and heaven agrees with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you get it, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, I want to tell you today, you don't have to be in bondage. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be discouraged. You can be lifted into the power of a new perspective through the ability to stand and withstand the wiles of the devil as he comes against your mind. There is an answer. It is in the name. It is in the Spirit of God. And it is in the benefit of salvation. 
Father, I pray that you'll touch those that are listening, that you'll bring us to truth in 2022, that you'll set us on a path where we can live this life as being more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus because we understand how to overcome, how to stand and withstand. Bless your people, I pray, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Now, Father, bless these that are here to hear the Word of God. Give them a special anointing. Give them a special presence. Give them a special ability to use these weapons to control and bring their flesh under subjection. Father, for all of that, we will praise you now and forever in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Six o'clock tonight. You don't want to miss it. There's more to come. May God bless you until we meet again.